Hey, everybody! It is Yasser! I forgot my line. I'm just kidding. It's Isaiah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are from my brother Sneaker, and we've got a little announcement. We are teaming up with a podcast app called Spoke to give you three exclusive uh, episodes. Uh, Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. The Spoke team handpicks the best moment from a ton of podcasts and creates playlist clips from a bunch of shows. And you can just search and try them out and find anything that you love. For instance... Oh, yeah. There's a playlist on there uh, called Slice of Life, which is all about like crazy, incredible things that happen to everyday people. Like, I just learned this, bro. I just learned some people pay their bills on time, dog. Oh, is that a thing? Dog, people will have a bill due date and they will pay that bill before then. That's crazy to me. Before then. You know what else is crazy? What? Spook also has a a lot of fun, exclusive content from Feral Audio. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, like our tournament episodes, they're going to be, oh, like, yeah. you know, there's going to be stuff like Sleep With Me, a lot of our, our other great shows here at Feral. You don't want to miss it. Yep. Download Spoke now. It's free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of my brother's sneakers exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash my brother's sneakers. Model boys, cute boys, round butt boys all day. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high-performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Feral Audio. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. Today, we have Corey and Courtney from the podcast... We should have a podcast here on Feral Audio, uh, and it's a really great conversation, so you're going to want to listen to this. It's not like you would come and just listen to the intro and move on. <laughs> I don't know why I was like saying it kind of implied that. A uh, little uh, really kind of funny thing is uh, I recorded this podcast at one of their apartments, and we were, and I misread the emails because we th- there was a thread of emails about rec- they were going to I was going to record mine and then they were going to record theirs and I assumed I didn't assume I misread the email and I thought I was going to be a guest on their podcast <laughs> so we finished recording mine and I was just kind of hanging out and then they went and got tacos and I went and got tacos and uh and then <laughs> and then they were like oh we got to record some ads and I was like okay and it started to have that there started to become that weird feeling where you're like the guy who hangs out at the party too long and people just want to go to sleep. And uh, eventually, not a great ending to this story, but eventually I figured out like, oh, I'm not on their podcast. They're just recording their podcast. And because uh, I have a kid, so I'm distracted and I don't read things thoroughly. And uh, so there's that. So <laughs> I was like, but I was like, because then, you know, we walked and got tacos and, I just, uh, I hope they didn't think I was a creepo. 
Like, hey, man, I'm just going to keep hanging out. <laughs> well, what, what can you do? You know, maybe I am a creepo, a little bit. Maybe uh, I'm just not aware of it. Uh, so here's something I've kind of recently, I don't know if this is true, but just by social media, people uh, post articles a lot that just seem upsetting. And a lot of it, like, you know, there's the coral reef You've probably seen the article going around that the coral barrier is, reef barrier is dead, and it's not a it's not a factual article. It's uh, it's clickbait and it's not true. But people, I just like fucking after all these months of fake news talk and like fucking check your sources, man. Like don't just post stuff. I I really think people are like enjoying being upset at this point. Like it's addictive. They're addicted to being upset. And I've become real dickish about when people post fake articles because it's just like, we don't have time for this shit. There's enough actual factual things to upset you. You don't need to go find a fake one. So here's the thing. Like, just, I, you, I, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but just check this, like, Google. Take the fucking minute and Google something before you post it so I don't have to Google it for you. And waste my fucking time. I don't know. That's uh, that's my PSA. My pissed... Pissed... Uh, I don't know. I, I won't lie to you. It's uh, early in the morning when I'm recording this. I'm watching my daughter. And I'm slightly hungover. Um, that sounds like a good dad, doesn't it? I'm recording a podcast instead of watching my daughter. Who you could probably hear in the background. Don't call the city on me. I, I I love I like my daughter. I don't want you to take her away from me. Let's get to Corey and Courtney. This is uh, these I these ladies are fine ladies, and uh, I'd never sat down and talked with them. Really, really dig this episode and the time I spent with them. Here we go. Um, you can just start whenever. Yeah, we're the starting. Good. Have we started? Oh my god! Oh, so excited. Okay, this so this is what I was told by you two about you two, okay. and this fascinated me. And this is part of the reason I wanted to talk to you that you weren't politically like active or involved or <laughs> conscious, maybe before Trump got elected. Is that true? I, I wouldn't mean, say we weren't. I wouldn't say I wasn't. I would say it uh, activated me. More. Activated. Where would you say you were in your say? political sort of spectrum like vaguely informed enough to like be like oh yeah at a cocktail party <laughs> <laughs> which but i don't know if i've like well, how many cocktail parties do you go to <laughs> yeah, yeah you're and right. the, way you never... s- the way you said oh yeah it sounds like you're in an evening gown it sounds like you go to high class <laughs> cocktail parties you're right. confession i've like never been to a cocktail party but um so uh yeah so I mean, but I still don't know how active, like, I feel activated, but I, I don't know. I feel like I, like, being political is, feels challenging to me still. Why, why so? It's like a lot of information and it's like, my, I don't know. It's, I, I guess I'm not also, like, naturally, like, drawn to it. I know that sounds stupid, but it's like, I feel like it's, you, I have to be now. <laughs> yeah. This is a really well, it, cool. It's not stupid. I mean, it's. It's fucking tedious and it's yes, exhausting. It, it's exhausting, especially now. But I mean, even beforehand, it's like you know, you're just reading about these fucking mopey white guys doing stuff, and that's too- <laughs> yeah. It, it feels like it's not even. 
although obviously the effects like trickle down to me, it feels so far removed from my everyday experience. It's like, it takes a lot of mental energy to like process and like, and then I think I can get very emotionally like dragged down by it or something. Yeah. I was politically active and then I wasn't for like 10 years and then I was again. So when I was in college, I was an intern for Senator Ted Kennedy in Boston. But I, but see, here's the thing. I did it because it was like Kennedy. It wasn't because I like, because that's what I was like, you know, it wasn't because I wanted to learn about legislation. I wanted to like, I don't know what I wanted. Kind of. And I wanted to be like, I don't know, maybe as a nephew. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I went and, but I, but once being there though, it like really made me interested working there. And then 9-11 happened while I was there and he did so much for the families because they came from Logan airport, two of the planes. So a lot of them were from Massachusetts. So um, like being part of his staff during that time was really awesome. And I even like wrote a letter to Bill O'Reilly when his show was like first on, he read it on air. Oh really? Yeah. How like, old this were you? Is, like 2001. I, didn't know I was this. probably like 19 and I was like, dear O'Reilly, you say you let people get the last word but you don't i can't wait till i can come on your show and talk to you and i'll get the last word how did, from Corey p in boston massachusetts because i was in college how did he how did he react to you uh, it was very like it was the last email he read of the night and he looked at the camera and he was sm- like a smug smile and he was like i'll see you then Corey." and i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> or like can't wait to meet you something like that it was it was friendly it wasn't aggressive and i was like oh my god but then i graduated and i moved out here and i was a teacher for a while which kept me sort of knowledgeable about certain things that were happening but i don't know then i started taking comedy classes and became a monster (laughs) well that's (laughs) that's the story of my life (laughs) i feel like because i feel like once i was always very active and then i feel like obama allowed us to Sure. Well, it's not his fault, but you, we were just kind of like, all right. And like, I even was thinking about this a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, like six months ago, I was like, things are going really well. Like we're accepting of transgender people, like mm-hmm. all these things. And now it's just like, we jerked. It was like a, a major jerk to the right and like extreme right to where I don't think we've ever been, Yeah, you know, not maybe since like the fifties or something. It's, it, it feels very severe. I mean, yeah, I think most people in my circle and our circle were like so surprised and that's like it's put me in a deep depression <laughs> but I, it's not all about me which is what i'm trying to you know but oh that's an interesting point <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean where it's like I, just like forcing yourself out of your own eyeballs you know what i mean to like see things from these other side but it's so hard i think does that make sense yeah no i i because I, i'm like you know prior to this i mean i was i was very I've always been very politically active and then I did started this podcast and I actually took a break from it because I got burnt out because I was interviewing a lot of political people and then I was just like I'm just gonna write comedy and do try to sell shows and it became very about me mm-hmm. and then this happened and I was like you like I kind of almost blamed myself where I was like you fucking fell asleep <laughs> yeah and and I, it, when go ahead I, I was just gonna say like what you were saying about Obama it's like for as a person right forget political parties. I'm like, that is a smart person who has their wits about them. I trust that everything's like going to be fine under this person, like in general. 
So I'm not like worried constantly. I would probably feel the same with Hillary or there's a lot of people I would feel the same with where I'm like, I don't know, it's probably all working fine. I trust you guys. But like with this, it's like you feel like you have to be on guard. Whereas like there's a part of me, which is similar, but almost opposite. That's like, oh, this is all fucked. Always has been, always will be. I got to worry about myself right now or something. You know, anywhere. And that's like not good, but that's like a natural state where I can get like I almost lean towards like conspiracy theories, but I don't even care. I'm just like, oh, I'm sure terrible shit I don't know about is constantly happening. What I'm saying is like even terrible shit is happening. It's like. I'd rather not know. Sure, yeah. And now it's like generally going to. Do you think we're sort of entitled, like as a nation, not just us entitled? as individuals, or like you know, yeah. like yeah. I mean, yeah, we've never really had to work for it. Yeah. So we feel like this should wait. This is hard. I'm yeah. uncomfortable. It's like, well, a lot of people are uncomfortable back then in the past. So get over yourself. Corey. And like currently, like everywhere. Yeah. But I feel like we've never, or when I say we've, I speaking for myself. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel? Because like November eighth, I like bought steaks and champagne, and I was like to my wife, and you know, and I mm-hmm. have a daughter, so it was exciting for me because I'm like, oh, my daughter's mm-hmm. gonna have a black president and then a woman president. Yeah. And then as the evening progressed, I started drinking the champagne out of the bottle, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to my friend's house who we had actually watched the 2008 election night together, so we were like, we got to watch this one together, and she has a daughter, and we're there, and she invited some other friends over who like weren't as interested, I guess, as us, or they were like. Just having more fun. And me and my boyfriend, Dave, were sitting there. And it was like, it was happening. And then Florida went his way. And then we both got like really quiet. We got in bad moods. And like these people were just, we like couldn't even be nice to them. We were like, we need to leave. We can't be around people because we like knew what was happening. And we got home and it was very depressing. It was yeah. a shell shock. I was, I was totally, I'm in a bubble and a bubble and a bubble. So like I was floored. I'm like a pessimist and I was like, on at work that day so like i feel like i felt weird that morning and then i kept like re- hitting refresh on the like um on the percentage thing as, yeah. as the things were coming in and i remember like driving home from work being like like kept checking it on my phone and then it just slowly like hit me yeah, yeah. we recorded an episode a couple of days afterwards and we were both it was like really sad yeah <laughs> it was our, it was like a really sad episode but whatever people felt the same way so i feel like they related you said bubble what did you mean by like bubble in a bubble i hang out with i've lived here for almost 14 years i hang out with like-minded people i work with like-minded people um i i can't i i I think i saw one trump bumper sticker the entire election cycle in like the deep valley that was it so I am like, I'm not really friends from with people from my hometown who think differently than me because I just never really was, I guess. So, or like, not really. I don't have people in my family who I need to like get into this about, which I'm grateful for. Um, because a friend of mine has in-laws who are on the Trump train, like he can do no wrong. Are they st- And they're still there? Yeah. Florida people. Um <laughs> Steven just laughed when I said Florida people, but I'm a Florida person. That's where I'm from. So, um, over time, I've just sort of like let go to like people. I don't know. And, and, and here's the thing. Like, I kind of like my bubble. Well, I kind of, and this, my, what's wrong with it? Well, I don't mean to sound arrogant <laughs> and maybe this would be misinterpreted, but it's like, I, I, we're kind of right. 
It's like yeah. we are we are correct because we are accepting. But there is a podcast happening in another part of this country right now, parallel universe, where they're having the same conversation with the other side, <laughs> and they're like the exact same conversation where they're like, I know. But we're do Republicans right. podcast? They're not funny though. I can tell you that because yeah, because the you, right can't be funny. That's true. Look at what happened to Dennis Miller. Yeah, because you can't. You have to punch up. Yeah, and and. Yeah. I think also like I don't know the funniest people like are are like truth seekers or whatever you know yeah. what I mean like there's and and then I you know so if you're like having to lie to yourself and everyone else on so many levels it's like hard to like <laughs> be revealing about humanity in a way that like hits people or I don't know yeah but yeah. then I, I, after the election there was all the talk about how we ignored the Rust Belt and that that we were in the bubble and we ignored these people which is true but I feel like the government. They sh- that those people should have been addressed. They shouldn't be lied to and told these jobs are going to come back and aren't going to come back. Yeah, and and they should have been offered opportunities like education to find new jobs. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, and I felt guilt about that after I was like, oh, we did forget about them. But then I realized it's like they're poor. That's awful. Mm-hmm. But we've we were made to feel bad about a bunch of poor white people when we've ignored people in the inner cities and African American poor people for way longer and and i was like so we're not in a bubble because we live among that we see poor people i don't really know where my point is no i know you mean we're but yeah i i just feel like we were guilt tripped into being like oh poor white people i'm in a bubble with like-minded people i i mean diverse like-minded people like i'm not saying the other side can't do that but well i yeah but it doesn't feel thoughtful we were put in a form or not form we were represented as a bunch of like we go do yoga and we're white people who don't and we're liberals and we don't see, like we mm-hmm. don't but it's like we live most of these people they speak of live in the cities and if right. you live in a city you're going to be forced to be around poverty and various cultures and religions and so you're more like you know that exactly. Muslim yeah. people aren't a threat because you fucking shop with them yeah totally it's just like a level of exposure i mean like when we drove through so we when we drove through the united states like you forget like how many people are living in these really really small towns they're so isolated and in a way that feels like it's just not our experience if you're like a city living like liberal person you know so like you're you you have like less uh, ideas coming at you and then and it's harder if you are a dissent like a, a person of with a dissenting opinion to like find your way out of there i think right yeah i, I find that the people who email us are those people the dissenters and like really? their communities it well, seems that way or it just seems like they're kind of like everyone around me is kind of crazy but you you know like we have had some some people like yeah. that like are in like red states or whatever that listen to the podcast to like hear people that think like them talk to each other what what, to just back it up a little bit what inspired you because you you guys went on the road trip uh to head to the women's march which i Mm -hmm. think and what inspired that that you were going to podcast and that you had to go to the women's march in dc uh i think uh i mean we'd had this podcast for several years and we'd always sort of uh you know it's mostly like about our friendship. We just talk about whatever there's, it's very loose, but like, you know, we would talk about what was going on in the world or our reactions to it. So it felt like, um, something that wouldn't be like foreign to our audience. And then also it felt like, I don't know, we have this forum. Let's just use it and maybe we can do something cool with it. 
I think it was yeah. Corey's idea and we wanted to go to the March and then I was like we should drive to the March and then it's like we should podcast and drive to the March and then I planned it <laughs> yeah so did you so yeah so we left like January 11th or something and it took two weeks and we went to DC but it wasn't a straight shot we went like to a variety of different stops and we visited people we knew and um the goal there was no agenda to like we didn't want to like the goal was not to go up to someone and be like why'd you vote for trump it was <laughs> we didn't want to like have it wasn't excuse like me that. excuse me, excuse me. Oh, can you just, it was more just like we just wanted to have our friendship road trip and like talk about what happens and it was it was interesting it was cool this is a weird i'm trying to find a way to word this question but like where what were your thoughts of about feminism or where were you with feminism before and after Trump? Was there a shift in that or would you, cause I know some people who were like, I never considered myself a feminist and they're like, and now I'm like, it's like the same thing we were talking about politically. They're more mm-hmm. rattled and they're like, Oh, I got to fucking do stuff. I think I was always a feminist, but I think not just after the election, but before the election for like the whole campaign, I, I was Becoming more woke. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the word woke? I like it. <laughs> you do? I mean, I've heard, I, I don't know, like I've used it jokingly, I think. But like, I, I've also, I, see, this is, I, I, get like, real, I get really in my head because I've also, I know some people get upset because it's an appropriate, we've appropriated this word, you know? So like, I, I don't know. I, I get, I, mean, I, I get, I, guess, I think, I think it's a good way of like encompassing what sure. is happening and like, there it's, are people and who are and woke and people yeah. or Sorry, awoken. Is that better for me to say? You know, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't care. It's not that I don't care. See, it gets, it's hard to talk about even the word woke. Um, yeah. Well, I just, I'm, I always felt like it was more of a, uh, African-American word. And then I've heard that it was also sort of a female feminist word. So I felt like, I don't, I was like, Oh, as a white guy, can, do I? Yeah. And it also seemed like something, I, and this is just my own personal thing where I get hesitant about f- phrases like that because then that's something. Because first of all, it's like woke or that's just the way we should be. Yeah, right. Like, to me, it's like that's just the way you should fucking be. You right. should be accepting and open minded and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So to say it's like some kind of achievement, like oh, I woke. It's totally. Like, it's like it's not an achievement. It's what you should be, and there shouldn't be. <laughs> totally. And to me, it also seems like something that can be taken and fucked with and then mocked by you know does that mean sure like, i've made fun of the word before you know what i mean and but but it's like that's because it's like it's funny but doesn't mean that it, it is i mean it's, it's got the like, k sound right uh yeah yeah, yeah. that is funny yeah, um, or you. it's funny the way that people latch onto it and are using it like a separate from your feelings on the word or what it means or mm-hmm. politics like it's just the internet is funny and weird and like how we latch onto things like the word woke um I've but definitely yeah, so, grown since like the campaign. I don't know the past couple of years in my feminism for sure. Yeah, I think like I was always like considered myself a feminist, especially because I think at a certain point, if you're like a young woman who's like not on the traditional path, you're like sort of forced to like you know i think you are forced into situations that like show you that you're like oh like this is a like people don't want me to be this way and then you're you sort of work through it but like seeing um such a misogynist like on a huge scale like highlighted in this way i think like makes you more uh activated yeah and did i mean would you say that you because you grew up in florida and you were uh, yeah, my dad's military. Merit military. And there, yeah. was the attitudes towards women in those worlds a little bit more, 
you know, old school. <laughs> I mean, my, I, I wouldn't have ever thought that. Like, and, and also my parents are not like, my, my mom particularly, like my dad can be like traditional or whatever, but they're not like Trump people by any means. Um, but uh, yeah, like I was always like told like, oh, you can do whatever, you can do whatever you want, be whatever you want. But then like when in reality, like you're making these different choices that people don't want you to make that other people aren't making, then you see that there is some resistance, even if it's not like, aggressive it's just it's just expectations that we're not even thinking about like does that make sense yeah yeah i mean i grew up in a very working class and yeah and it was a lot of racism and and these and you didn't fucking go into theater like i did they were you know that was instantly like oh so you're gay (laughs) it's like yeah i was like no i just want to act and it was very it was like hard to tell my parents i wanted to be an actor yeah. And so it's like, so I was just trying to get at that with you guys. of like you have, you come from these possibly conservative areas and it's hard to sort of break out and want to do something different or think differently, which you, you may have. Yeah. I mean, my parents were always supportive of me acting because I was like the classic, like, I want to be an actor. Like, oh, okay, you can do whatever you want, you know? But then in reality, when I started like getting into comedy and it was like, you just said pussy on the internet. Like my... I don't know how I feel about that as your father. And it's like, well, you don't really get to tell me what to do. Wait, what? You know what I mean? And like, um, so, so it's just like facing those little challenges. And then you realize that like society is structured in a way that's like, you know, unequal and you, you know, read feminist literature or at least like skim it, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And you like, you know, can now ponder and start seeing uh, your experiences through that lens, that philosophical lens. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) it's absurd to me that like we're in 2017 and there's, there's that abortion is still a a debate or like a thing that we have to fear for. But do you, so is your family like still conservative? Like, do you, I, because of Trump, I don't, I have an aunt I don't speak to anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I, my mother and I have avoided the subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I come, like, I'm the youngest of five, and it's a very Irish union working class. So most of my family is uh, Democrats and very, my brothers are very liberal. My mm-hmm. father was a Reagan guy, you know, like, sure. which made yeah. no sense at all because he's just like, you drive an asphalt truck. He doesn't give a fuck about you. <laughs> yeah. So it was that. But my father had a bit of the bigot in him, and I have a brother who hates black people. But there was no black people in our neighborhood. I was like, who do you hate? Like, where'd you get this? George yeah. Jefferson? You hate that yeah. guy? He's awesome. <laughs> that yeah. that well, was, I was always confused about it, because oh I loved the black people I saw on television. Yeah. I, I wanted to be Huggy Bear. And that's for real. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I want it to be a cool pimp. It's just like proof that it's like a scapegoat. Like there's other things like going wrong. And for whatever reason, you've latched onto this narrative that that is the problem. And when it's mm-hmm. like there's no actual evidence yeah. in your case necessarily. I just, yeah, uh, my brother's crazy. and um, Well, like I was just at a family wedding and like, it, you know, my dad has five sisters. They were raised very Catholic. I was not raised Catholic. But like... You know, and we did not have any political conversations, but I think there is like, it's interesting to see like, you know, these are people that I love. They're my family. Like they're nice people, but like maybe they, they haven't been, some of, some of them like maybe have not been trained to like be thoughtful about certain things or it's very uncomfortable for them. It's very against like the whole way that they've been taught to live their life. I think it's like so hard, right? To like, I was teaching an improv class yesterday to teenagers and one of the students was wearing a t-shirt that was a 
it was um, Trump's face, like his like ugly face, and it said, um, "Deal with it." What? Yeah, thirteen, and yeah, Wait, what? and Breaks so my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the good news is, I think I overheard him say to someone that he doesn't even like Trump; he just wears the shirt. But I met his dad in the lobby, and I was like, Neh. and and the kid was like super sweet, and it didn't come up, but it definitely like put everyone on edge a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was. It Isn't was that some kind of form of child abuse. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did you when you went on your road trip? Did you meet? Because you obviously you met mm-hmm. a lot of. Did you meet people who? W- that stuck out and maybe like you're like oh they like trump supporters no well i mean we like um we drove through san angelo texas which is where i went to high school so that's west texas and we like had dinner with a family friend of mine who's a like 85 year old biology teacher family friend like we did not talk politics she was very very kind they were like uh who whose books were on her bill o'reilly ben carson yeah so but she's like she's like a west (laughs) texas like born and bred like being a republican a conservative is part of her identity in this way and and now she's 85 it's like there's no like there's she was so sweet to us too whereas like there was I had this idea in my head that like everyone who voted for Trump, if you vote for a bigot, you're a bigot. That's what I said the day after the election. And I can't sit. I, that woman was so sweet. I would have never been like, what's up? Why'd you do what you did? You know, like there was just like, there was no way to bring it up in a way that I felt was like kind to her or something. Well, or Yeah. If but she was young. Th- or, those aren't the people that you're in, whose minds that need to be changed anyway, though. Right. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I take issue with my my mom's husband has a has you know he's on Medicare, he's got a union pension, and he voted for Trump, and and he gets Social Security. I'm like, you you're not leaving the world a better place. Like yeah. this is going to sound awful, and I think I've said it on the podcast before, but I'm like, you're not offering anything to the world at this point. You're just taking. So it's time to fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I know that's dark, but fuck you. Like, and I have two of my brothers married Mexican women, and I have a gay nephew. So it's like the day after the election, like my nephews were being told they were going to be deported because they're they didn't <sighs> take on the lighter colors. They took they're very dark, and I have five nieces and nephews who are very very brown, and they've all been victim to this bullshit and i'm like you voted against your own family you voted against your gay grandson you voted against your so fuck off (laughs) yeah i don't know if that's like the wrong attitude to have but i also know he's not gonna see my side and he's just or my aunt that's the hard line is like what how much is it worth talking to people about it who's gonna actually be receptive or open it, right so do you feel discourse it, is dead i'm sorry did i do i feel discourse I is dead no but i do feel like it's way less civilized than it used to be i'm a huge fan of the real world the old vintage <laughs> real world and i've talked about this before on the podcast but i really believe that back in like the early days of the real world like 1992 93 all the 90s essentially when they would cast these like young people who were very diverse. The, those shows, if you watch them, which they show on MTV too, which is sad because that means it's vintage, but they like, these were people who, I mean, 
it was like reality TV, but there were, and people had differences of opinions, but they were civilized and they like, uh, were interesting. I learned a lot as a kid watching it growing up, like how to be open and and hear people and receive things or not, or how not to nowadays, the real world now, or like whatever show it is, it's like just everyone's wasted. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's calling each other bitches and whores. Everyone's hooking up. There's no, um, substance to it. But like, I think that is a great, like, those were great models of people being able to have civilized discourse. There's a girl from the real world season three, who is a big (laughs) conservative. Her husband is, um, a congressman from Wisconsin. He was also on the real world. And like, I'm, I follow them. Not that I agree with them, but I'm like really interested to see what, the, to hear what they have to say about things. I, I never usually agree with them, but like, that's someone I would love to talk to or interview. And I, and I, there, there's like, in, there's an intellectualism about her. Whereas it's not like these, no offense, like blonde, like Barbie's just like saying weird stuff on, on TV. Yeah, I wonder what, because I feel like to a degree, and I don't know if this is paranoid lefty talk, but like that this has been cultivated a bit that we cannot discuss. Because I feel like the Republicans are very, you know, there's a, they won't intermingle with the Democrats anymore, which used to be like they would try to work together. And you used to have television, like I remember in the 70s, you would have, you would have uh, William F. Buckley and um, Gore Vidal like they would oh they would have the conversations th- with for like other. an hour yeah. on television I'm like yeah. where the fuck is that shit well like why do we not have this anymore yeah it's very dignified and like civilized and hum- human and even can... our William F. Buckley I think called him a fag at one point sure <laughs> <laughs> not hard to believe but it but it was great because it, it made it got Gore Vidal got to win that debate because he he got to William F. Buckley so much mm. that he got him I love Gore Vidal. <laughs> I used to, um, one of my favorite things I ever saw in the news was like this news story about the, this like band or I don't know if it was like, maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly. It was either like an acapella group or like some like cover seventies <laughs> cover band that congressmen in the Capitol across party lines formed and would like have rehearsal for and like hang out together. And they were like older. And I just loved that. I was like, see, that's how we're going to get shit done. Make a little acapella group. It made me feel good. I get, I would, I wish that was the case now. I don't think there's any acapella groups going on right now. Pitch perfect four or whatever. Yep. It's fine. (laughs) Copyright. (laughs) Do you, yeah, I'm, that's, cause I, I debate whether I should have somebody and I will, if I could find the right person, I would have them on the show that if they were from the right, because I feel like I'm being a, I'm being weak if I don't. But I don't know who, like, I don't want to end up screaming. Sure. And yeah. I'm a very, I, uh, I get emotional and worked up. So mm. I, I. And I think also a lot of, like, well, I found, like, these little, like, niche, right, entertainery type kind of comedian people. Like, it, it's from my, like, uh, just poking around on the internet. Like, it seems like their intention is to, like, they don't a lot of them feel like they're they're trying to like poke at you you know what i mean like they want to like they're not like actually earnestly committed to the values it seems like they just want to like disrupt things so it's like do you want to interact with that kind of person no yeah i I sometimes i wonder like with i mean bill o'reilly's a scumbag but if these guys i'm like do you really believe this bull like you know you're or are you just taking them because you know it's money they're just like being contrarian yeah and like uh 
Yeah. Though it's viciously dangerous. Yes. I can talk to him for you. He read my email on air once, so. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, how did you guys. How was the. Uh, this is the vaguest, weakest question ever. But I just. I want to know about the Women's yeah. March. Oh, the Women's March. I was just like. That's a. It was, it's just um, such a broad question. I was. Well, I'll say this. The Women's How March were your feet itself, afterwards? Were they sore? <laughs> we didn't march. It was, there were too oh, many people. Oh, really? I mean, we went, but there yeah. were too many people. There was not an actual like march down the street. It was too many people, which was a good problem to have. It was like it was yeah. very overwhelming. I'll say this though: what was most interesting to me was being in DC that weekend because there were we were there like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The march was on Saturday, so Thursday and Friday, it's like there's people walking around. You like. Every time you're at a streetlight and there's a group of people, you're like, are you here for good or bad? Are you here for the inauguration? Are you here for the march? And like some people you could tell because some people were wearing their pink hats and some people were wearing their Trump gear. And the nights, Friday night, we went out to meet up with a listener actually at a bar. And on our way there, we passed like so many um, balls. Uh, oh, people in ball gowns. Ball gowns the, like, and tuxedos. Balls. Yeah. And I'm just like looking down the line like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you people? What? 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 I'm just a, like, you just are okay with this? What? I found a really funny picture in my phone the other night of Corey like sneering at a ball gown. <laughs> oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was making me so, that was making me angry. Like that, seeing them, it was so like, let them eat cake or something. It was just like, ugh. And, um, that that was the weirdest part was being in DC that weekend. It was like a really weird energy. And even in the our hotel we stayed at, you know, you're getting in the elevator and someone's in a fancy gown and she's like my age and she looks like I would be friends with her. But I'm like, wait a minute, where are you going? Why? Who? Why? Why are you? Why? And then like on Saturday, you'd be at a street corner with people who had all their Trump gear from the inauguration, families, and people holding their signs walking back from the march and everyone there was like a politeness but like a tense politeness around the whole city so that to me was the most interesting thing the march was cool but um and everyone was really sweet and on their best behavior at the march but it was more the overall weekend really hit me you brought it in the let them eat cake thing is perfect because that is very much i feel like the attitude because they're just like fuck poor like they just mm-hmm. just should just say it like fuck you poor people <laughs> yeah I, that's what i felt like yeah oh and we were we were crossing a street one night and one of these guys in a tuxedo like ran up to a police officer who was like helping people cross the street like busy and it's crowded and he was like officer officer some woman just spat on my neck she ran that way <laughs> She's down the block. And the officer was just like, okay. Like, no. Like, that guy thought the officer was going to stop what he was doing to go run after a woman who spat on his neck, who was whatever. Maybe she just had to sneeze. He was having (laughs) such a man tantrum. And it was, like, so revealing. It was just like, Did he seem like a rich guy? Oh, yeah. He seemed like an entitled rich guy. (gasps) Like, just so... um, (laughs) It was, like, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to him. I guess I, I I know I'm a straight white guy, but I just fucking really hate straight white guys at this point in my life. Like not all, because that's bigot, but it's like just I, every time I turn on the news, I just see like McConnell and all these smug, rich white fucks, and it just it, yeah. I would love if, if we could just overturn and just have 
this Congress be just various, various colors of brown and yellow? <laughs> yeah. And women? But, like, how long is it going to take for that to happen? Because people, like, you're a person, like, who is acknowledged, like, you're your privilege like so so if we had i'm like so privileged you i'm know so what I mean? we've like, had to really and it, and it and acknowledge in ways our that privilege it's like in still a way hitting me where i'm like oh shit you know but it's like to, you have to do that work on yourself and if you're not doing it then you become this like you you like melt into whatever we're seeing on fox news right yeah <laughs> i mean i think a lot of these people like i think trump is a perfect example of a person who's never known pain like, tr- like he's never been humiliated. No. He's never been beaten up. He's never had to, like, and not to, like, pat myself on the back, but I think that's why I have a sense of, he's never had to, exp- he's never suffered, so he can't have empathy. And that's, I true, and I think that yeah. goes for the large majority of people in office. They've never, yeah. you know, I've got beaten up for being gay without being gay. <laughs> yeah. Not to brag. <laughs> but I mean, like, I was horribly beaten as a kid. So I think in turn, I've been able to, like, you can then you, sense right. suffering you in ha- other people. Yeah. And you de- you've developed the skill to, like, you know, God, put yourself so, in another person's shoes. I'm so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> if I was single, I'd be turning this to my advantage. <laughs> it's never worked in the past. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, like, that's a skill that a lot of, they they can't possess, or they've, like, turned their brains off from having to do that work. It's it, too uncomfortable. It's astounding to me that it's, like, these, these. I mean, and Trump went around the country. He had to have seen some poverty at some point. Or maybe not, because he just hopped on a plane and skipped out of there. He's from New York City. He's had to have seen it. He's from Queens. Yeah. So what the fuck is the disconnect? <laughs> um... I don't know. Sometimes I think he just is doing this all as a joke. (laughs) And he's just like, oh shit, it happened. There's also like, you know, like the human condition is like suffering, you know, ish or, you know, whatever. It's not just that. (laughs) I think that's exactly uh, how the Buddha worded it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like I said, I skim things. So I'm just like, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. Um, No, but so he probably it's like <laughs> miserable to like be a human being sometimes even if you're trump and you're so privileged he's just like warped that until whatever he's become i don't that didn't shut up <laughs> i was just about to say that <laughs> shut up <laughs> shut up to myself um after all my sensitive talk i tell a woman to shut up <laughs> that would be great we didn't on our road trip we didn't really see much political activity at all hillary Trump like there wasn't much right and so it was like kind of hard to know about people and um oh where they stood yeah and and um there were some surprising things like when we went to the Navajo reservation we spoke with a mother and daughter and they were the daughter voted for Jill Stein um and she talked about that and they also talked about how a lot of men that they knew just whether or not they like Trump just would never vote for a woman because if you look at the Navajo leadership and government, it's mostly men. I think it's all men and that's like their tradition and whatever. So she was talking about that a lot. That surprised me. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wonder how many people are just like, I obsess about this stuff every day where I'm like, fuck, this has got to end. And I wonder if, is everybody else no, going about their lives? No, I think that's what I'm saying is like, it didn't feel like, I don't know about you, but like going, like in most places, 
it didn't feel as like um, tense and as angsty as I feel when I'm here. Yeah, it didn't. It felt like people want something. People want to like knock it under the rug because that's what how most people deal with their lives in <laughs> right. general, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We but, also were going to places why- where people don't talk about themselves all the time, like they do in LA. Totally. So yeah. you're like. <laughs> Oh, they're just normal people living normal lives. Like, that's cool. Yeah. And they don't have to be telling everyone their opinions about everything all the time. And I I don't know. Like, yeah, it's not a bad way to live. No, I just like because I'm just like, he's going to start a war. Like, he's going to say the wrong thing and we're going to have a war. Right. I it also felt like on the reservation. Right. It's like abject poverty in many places. It just feels like there's bigger fish to fry than like. What senator am I going to call today? Or what petition am I going <laughs> like to sign? Yeah. They have immediate needs that need to be met, right? And it's like, that's true for the inner city. That's true for, you know, there's there's just Im- more important priorities than um, having all these feelings about what's happening, but or even taking action about what's happening. It feels so far away from them. It doesn't feel immediate. How did you feel once you left the D.C.? Because my wife went to the the march in LA and she came back and she was very invigorated and you know, cause it's great. You're mm-hmm. with a bunch of women. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys talk about? Knitting? I just, <laughs> I just have to make We that did really. each other's makeup. <laughs> That's what I kept saying to my wife. I was like, you know what? I should probably go to the march for you. You know, you have a man take care of this. <laughs> I mean, there were, it, it was cool. Cause there were just like so many different like types of women, like ages, and like, there and tons men, of men yeah. There. And there were people that I found annoying, but I'm like, at least they're working their annoyingness like on our side yeah. of the saddle. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you're getting a huge crowd. It's like, but you know, also like, for example, and I've talked about this on our podcast that on the flight home there was a woman on my flight who I had to walk by twice, and both times I walked by her, she was on her tablet doing filters on her face from pictures from the march of selfies and i'm like that is like all i don't want to be you know but i'm i like maybe recognize a part of myself in that like a teeny part or i just i'm so i was so grossed out by it but then it's like no but i'm glad she was there it's better that she's there right yeah i mean we have to march for her too (laughs) <laughs> yeah i want her to i want her to have rights and also like we posted pictures yeah did you filter your face though i mean i have a a, a pretty good size you know like instagram followership <laughs> you know like what am i supposed to do like uh um uh it's uh, yeah I, I i mean it's like hard to feel like i i was fighting that a lot like feeling like i was like in it like earnestly and not like uh um like w- wanting my heart to be in the right place the whole time, even when I was like getting cranky or something. Does that- there were there were like moments where you step back from it and you're like, um, is this false or um, like, what is this really? But overall, I would say it was great. There are like slices of the population within those marches that are like, the white selfie ladies. Sorry, delete that. The white selfie ladies, but you know. There was a lot of speculation afterwards. It's like, well, is this really going to do any good? Or is it like going to affect orange, orangey, as I like to call them. I I really hate saying his name, Mm -hmm. but I've said it. But like, 
and because you know, it's not going to change his mind, but it's like, I. Th- what do you think in that? Well, it, that was what was sort of um, disheartened. Not to sound so depressing, but after the march, Courtney and her mom and sister who were there with us, they all went back to Virginia. So I was alone in the hotel room that night, and like I got back at like five or six. I could have gone out. I could have met up with people, but I was like really drained, not really from the march, but from watching the news when I got back, and like just watching footage of what he was doing on his first day and footage of like the inauguration still. And I was like, Oh, not that I thought it would stop anything this March, but I just was like, Oh, it's all still happening. Like it just, I felt exhausted for the future, my, for my future self. And I like laid down and I like took to bed. Yeah. (laughs) But I, um, I don't know. That if was it, my feeling. I feel like true, like oranges. If I like that, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> use that now. Um, are are like will only use it as like fodder to their own like anger fire. Does that make sense? Um, but like you know what I mean. Like they're just gonna be like, this is so stupid. But like it's the quiet people that are just like don't ever talk about it. That might see like how many people showed up and like and been like oh okay. like it hits them in this way to where they will they have to acknowledge that something is going on so maybe that's positive yeah i know i think that I, I i think that rattles the some of the politicians because they're like oh fuck like people came out and that's gonna if that momentum continues and it did with the, the muslim ban mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. it has and i feel like it inspires like i wish my daughter was a little older because i would because then we would have all went but i had to yeah had to be a real good husband and stay with my daughter for the <laughs> But, like, I want her to see that because that... Yes, it's important. I want her to be grow up in a in a world where she sees her parents caring about things and being active and yeah. not just bitching about it, but doing something. My mom started a recycling program in our neighborhood, and she also took me to a pro-choice rally when I was in first grade. Really? And I remember it. A woman was dressed up like the Statue of Liberty, and I just thought that was, like, the coolest. <laughs> I remember nothing else. But, um, but... It was odd when, like, I when I told her we were going to the march, she was, I, my sister and her baby were gonna like maybe meet up with us, and my mom was like, absolutely not. She was very against the thought of her granddaughter going to a march. I think she thought there might be violence or something. But it's, I'm like, you can't teach me to be a certain way and then be upset that I'm that way. Like you did this to me, sort of thing. And I'm glad your daughter will be grateful. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Thank you. What? No. Oh. I mean. <laughs> I thought there was a face of disapproval. No, 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 no. You're doing a great job is what I'm saying. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. From, from, I mean, we just met you today, but it seems like you're doing a great job. Very well adjusted. Yes. Thank you. I just, she might pick up my drinking habits and I don't know. There's just always an empty bottle of booze in my house. You have to teach kids how to deal with reality. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do you Outlets. Healthy yeah. drinking and you know whatever I life is to be lived. Do you um just do you guys feel? Are you hopeful? Do you think we're gonna get through this, or do you do you like do you think we're gonna get rid of him? Do you have any hope that this is gonna get better? Well, I was kind of saying a, before. I always think it's gonna be the thing that ends him, yeah. and it never is. So, um, I think we're gonna be okay, though. I do have hope because I think it's activated a lot of really smart people and um i don't know i mean i'm very moody about this so like ask me tomorrow i'll be like we're all dead but right now i'm like no i think we'll be okay i mean it might be we might have to like put in some time and he and we'll just have to wait till the next election but but i think we're gonna be okay 
Yeah, I I go back and forth depending on my own mood. But again, that's like, again, I'm seeing things through my own like mind and body in a way that like, who knows if I'm receiving it correct. But I'm getting too heady. But like, uh, so I, yeah, I'm, like hopeful, I, I, I'm grateful to live in California. I'll say that. Holy fuck. Yeah. Is it, yes. yes. Yeah. Because if nothing else, I live in California. Like, that's what I feel like. Like, I love Jerry Brown so much. I do too. <laughs> and, and I love Kamala Harris. And it's and I'm really happy living in California. I think it's like the best. So yeah, no, I I, I feel solace in that. I've bitched to my wife for the entire time we've been together that I wanted to move back to Chicago. And even though that was a blue state and city, I was just like, ah. But they have a, a Republican governor, and he's like, he's a Trump. He's another billionaire businessman. Well, man. did you hear the thing about the Second City shows getting like really? Um, yeah, tense and it was weird. Racist, like from the audience. From the audience, yeah, not the, from the performers. No. Yeah, it was weird because I was questioning what was going on with that. Because when I was there, it was pretty easy to shut people down. Yeah, I wonder—is so, it like the suggestions, or is it like they boo certain political parts? Or I, th- I don't know. I think they just get rowdy. I just—I'm confused because I, I don't—I haven't been involved in there. In, a long time but it's like it usually was a pretty quick like one of us on stage would be like hey fuck off mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> or you know maybe a little bit more creative with it not always me though <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it's weird because i've talked to like doing comedy like you leave go on the road and it's a different ball game mm. now and it's really bizarro well even at groundlings where we perform sometimes a lot of the weekend audiences are tourists and so Orange some, County and so sometimes <laughs> jokes you think are gonna go over don't you know and then sometimes you get laughs on stuff you're like wait that wasn't a joke so I think you can never totally tell um, and it also depends if it's like an 8 o'clock show versus a 10 o'clock show you can say pussy more in a 10 o'clock show apparently yes <laughs> <laughs> but I you know what I was thinking maybe you should have someone on that's from the right just as like baby steps who's not a Trump person but who's a conservative. Yeah, I did have a libertarian on. I had a guy, a journalist who actually, and he's not a Democrat. Mm-hmm. He was actually, but it wasn't, we talked specifically about the, because he wrote the first article about all the Russian connections mm-hmm. that, and it's, yeah. it's actually a really fascinating article. So, and I was shocked he did my show. That's cool. But maybe just like a died in the wool Republican, but who doesn't like Trump. That might be a good place to start. I, just I, so will, you don't, I don't think you'd yell at a person like that, especially if they were. No, I think I could keep it together for an, uh, the time. Just pretend like you're on the real world in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys want to get somewhere. Yeah. And then go have beers. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. I want to say that. You're welcome. I've never been in your company before, and I'm really thankful that you did this and i i love you both now oh that's we so love you no great. you're we both you. very great and i it was really i really enjoyed this so thank you thanks for having us thank you thank you <laughs> thank, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you oh yeah Matt Dwyer. he's a wonderful man oh yeah good old Matt Dwyer. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Here's uh, a couple things I need to tell you before. So keep listening. Please review my show. Please listen to my other podcast, Afterbirth, that I do with my wife about parenting. And we talk to comedians about parenting. And please email me, Conversations with Dwyer, or go to my website, themattdwyer.com. I would like to hear from you people. I say this all the time. I don't get enough emails. I need more emails. Send them to me. 
and continue to support Life Podcasting. Power to the people. With all kinds of people Lots of interesting people Wanna talk to Matt Dwyer Yeah Matt Dwyer Yeah, good old Matt Dwyer He's a brilliant man He's a dark, dark man He's a writer man He's a wonderful man Having conversations with all of the interesting people In the world government it is the mission of the national security agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security <laughs> the nsa has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary tapped incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the nsa now on feralaudio.com